CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, we're live at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square on this very foggy Friday. But don't okay. worry, the guys here are getting ready behind me to clear it all up for you. Here's what's coming up on the show. This is Options Action tonight. Party all the time. And so do retail stocks, which are on a record-setting tear. We'll tell you why a hangover could be in store. Plus, miss the rally in Alibaba? Relax, because we have a way to get long the tech giant for just 10 bucks. We'll show you how. And talk about strange. Wait till you hear about the unusual bet that commodities are about to soar. The action starts now. And let's get right to it. Facebook is facing the music. The stock having its worst day since November of 2016, down nearly 5%. This after the social media giant says it is revamping its news feed so users see more posts from friends rather than other content. Of course, this stock has been on a meteoric rise despite all of the controversy. It is up more than 42% in the past year, gaining $160 billion in market cap. So could this be one of your best chances to buy this stock? Well, the chart master, Carter Worth, is already saddled up over at the plaza, ready to go. So take it away, Carter. Sure, thanks. I mean, you know, uh, buying weakness has its, uh, has its risks. And often certain weakness begins more weakness, and sometimes it's the best thing you can do. I'm in the camp that this is weakness to take advantage of, and let's try to answer the question why. What we know uh, is that this has been a very orderly uptrend. In fact, you can see it here. I've got the channel on it. And it is remarkable how precise this asset has responded to its trend line over and over and over and over. And then we blew out through the top. And once you do that in principle, the top of the channel then becomes support. And there's not that much room between where we are now and the top of the channel. So you've got some pretty good support coming in on the long-term chart. On the, on the day-to-day chart over the last year or two, here's the trend line. Put it in. And we also are looking at this kind of thing. We're, we're, we're getting into a position where, and again, it gets down to whether you believe it's the beginning of long-term trouble or whether it's just another sell-off, news-related or not. Okay. Here's the really sort of here and now chart. This is, what, six months? Um, I think one line you can draw is what's called the internal trend line. That's along the top. It's very precise. And you can see that. Very precise. And it responded to it. You can also put in this line, which is the prior high, exactly the prior high. And we're back to that level. I think it's going to be contained. And again, we've got this trend line. My hunch is that it's weakness to take advantage of rather than weakness to stay away from. So I want to step up and buy some Facebook. All right. So Carter likes it right here. He thinks it's an opportunity. Dan, do you think there's a longer term impact by changing the feed here? I, I think there, there definitely is. And I think it's actually a really smart move in their part. I think it's a really smart move how they're kind of uh, releasing this information before their earnings come out. But this is not going to be something that changes overnight. And it's going to be a story that progresses over 2018, possibly into 2019. We're not going to see the results of that. So I actually like his chart work. and I think that what the company's doing makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. Remember, this stock is up was up 55 percent last year. It's got a five $530 billion market cap. If you're going to make some big changes about how you're going to gain new 
subscribers or new users to your network after you have two billion monthly active users, you've got to figure out some new things. And, and, that, and that's what I think they're trying to figure out. What's the next 10-year plan? And I think Wall Street likes this from the long perspective. From the more immediate-term perspective, though, could it have a hit on revenue? So, therefore, how do you trade this? Well, I, th I think it could have an impact on revenues, and I think that's one of the reasons the stock got hit today for sure. I mean, we had two. This is one catalyst. Earnings, which are coming up at the end of the month, are another catalyst. But at the end of the day, one of the things you ought to think about is, does this you know, improve the user experience? I think this does. And if you think about it in a longer-term sense, then I've, absolutely, I think this is probably a good thing that this is happening now. Wise for them to get in front of it. They're obviously getting a lot of scrutiny. This is actually an opportunity, too, for us to use a type of trade that we don't that often. I'm looking at selling a put spread in Facebook, trying to take advantage of the fact that February options are slightly elevated because of that upcoming earnings. And I'm looking at selling the February 180, 175 put spread. When the stock was trading around 180, you could collect $2.15 for that. That's almost half the value of the spread. So essentially, you could have the stock put to you at that 180 level, but you're protected at 175. The idea here being that maybe it's going to bounce, but if it doesn't, or if something that comes out on the earnings call is viewed unfavorably, you have protection to the downside. Right. I mean, one thing to also consider is when you do have a major reset, like a breakout up or a, a, a drop in gap like this, how big a gap is it? It's only 4 or 5%. If it were really trouble, and this is a high flyer, it could easily have dropped 8 or 12 or something very down. It seems contained for now. Yeah. Yeah, again, I like the way they got the news out before the earnings. When you think about it now, the stock was trading yesterday very near all-time highs. And now expectations have come down when you think about it. So now, you know, the onus is on the company to actually do put up a beat and raise. If they just do, you know, a little less than that, the stock's not going to go down too much, barring some sort of, like, broad market thing. So to me, I like Mark's, Mike's trade. He's short premium. Option premiums are elevated. So if the stock does nothing, he's going to make money. If it goes up, you're going to make the full difference between the, 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 uh, the width of the spread what? and, and your credit. What's the one concern that you might have, especially as earnings sort of overlap here? Uh, well, I mean, for one thing, you could, one could reasonably suggest that this is a stock that is not going to linger right here. It is either going to bounce the way he is suggesting, or more news will come out, or people will, sometimes you'll see bad news come out, a stock will trade down, and then it will proceed to trade down even further for two or three more days as people begin to digest that. People who didn't see it today, for example, and we might see that. Of course, if that's true, you'll be able to take advantage of that on Monday because if it opens at 175, you're going to be selling the 175-170 put spread instead of the 180-75. What do you say to that concern about further drops? Well, well, sure. I mean, that's just it. It has to be contained so far. Yeah. It is. I think one thing that we could also sort of hang on to for now is that this is a type of stock. It's treated the same way Apple's treated or, or, or Amazon. Benefit and, of the doubt. And they all held up very well, right? There was no spillover. You can say, well, of course there wasn't a spillover. This was just a Facebook story. But if there was real worry, people then go into other names like it and maybe do a little trimming. All right. Well, let's stick with technology here. Earnings season, as we mentioned, kicking into full gear next week with a slew of big names set to report. Banks will dominate, but we will also hear from Big Blue, otherwise known as IBM. The Dow stock has been on a tear so far this year as it's moved into blockchain technology. And Dan says this could be the sleeper pick for next week. Why? Give yeah, us a trade. Well, there's a couple things going on here. I mean, obviously, this massively underperformed broad, large cap tech last year. It was one of the worst performing stocks in the Dow. So some of the early year performance, uh, maybe it's associated to a dog to the Dow. Um, you know, uh, obviously, two-thirds of their sales come from outside the U.S. This dollar, have you guys seen the Dixie, the dollar index? It's making, you know, multi-month lows here. Last 
quarter in Q3, October 17th, they put up a quarter that really surprised people. The stock gapped up 9%. Some of their strategic imperatives, some of these faster growing things like Cloud and Watson did better than people expected. The stock gapped up 9%. It gave it all back. And now it's back up above those levels. So to me, you just mentioned one word, which was blockchain. Uh, blockchain services um, and some hardware related to it was probably like a 70, $700 million business in 2017. Some research companies estimate these guys got 30% of it by 2022. Some research companies are expecting this to be almost an $8 billion business. Uh, IBM seems well positioned here. So to me, I don't think you're going to get a whole heck of a lot of answers right now about you know, blockchain and what that means for it. But I think if you get some of these uh, strategic imperatives doing well for the second quarter in a row, these guys already have a low tax rate. So this due tax reform is not going to be a huge right. deal. This stock's going to gap up. It could fill a gap from last April. So to me, I think you just play this with a call spread. You're going to define your risk. You're going to target that gap. And really, if you are agree and you think that there's a chance that you get two consecutive better than expected quarters, this stock's going to go back above 170, possibly 175. So today, when the stock was trading at 164. You could buy the February 165, 175 call spread, paying three dollars for that. Buying one of the Feb uh, 165 calls for 415, selling one of the 175 calls in Feb at a dollar 15. You break even at 168. You can make up to seven dollars between 168 and 175. And then your mass risk is the three dollars in premium that you paid, and you lose all of it if it's That's below 165. That's a lot of numbers. Wow. Yeah. But I will say yeah. this: Look, it actually makes a lot of sense the trade you're picking for a, a host of reasons. One of them is, as we often point out, before catalysts such as earnings, you are going to see elevated options premiums, and that's why you want to look to spread trades like you're doing here. The other thing is that IBM, unlike a lot of other stocks, still has to show us that they can deliver, despite the fact that their presence in things like cloud is obviously, that's a growth industry. Are they going to be the key player? Same thing with blockchain. That is a growth industry. Are they going to be the key player? I think earnings may reveal some of that. So this is a good, you know, basically low-risk way to make a bullish bet going into that. And it has all the look of what one would call a bearish to bullish reversal if we have uh, Dan's chart there. Uh, some people might call that a head and shoulders bottom. But what we do know is that it has the potential to fill the gap that Dan is citing, the down gap from April of last year. And, and uh, this stock gaps on its earnings three out of the past four quarters. There's every possibility that it gaps yet again. Yeah, and just lastly, the implied move in the options market is only about 3%, which is below the long-term average, well below how much it moved last quarter. So to me, the way I think about this is like you're risking 2% um, you know, of the underlying stock price. It breaks even up 4%. If you get the direction right, you're going to make money on this trade, but you have to have conviction about the fundamentals. All right. Got a question out there? Send us a tweet to add Options Action for everything Options Action. Check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. And while you are there, check out our newsletter. What better way to spend a three-day weekend than cuddled up next to a roaring fire reading the calming words of Mike Coe? What are you waiting for? Here's what's coming up next. It's one of the worst performing sectors this year. But something just happened that suggests now might be the time to buy. We'll explain Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. 
Welcome back to Options Action. I'm Dominic Chu. Call it a divergence, call it a rotation, call it what you'd like. What we've seen happen in interest rates and the related moves in the stock market have been dramatic over the last few months. U.S. government bonds have been selling off across the yield curve, and yes, some maturities more than others. But as those prices have fallen and yields have risen, we've seen some market underperformance in sectors that are considered interest rate proxies. Ten-year U.S. government bond yields have been trending higher since early September. Over the last three months, the lagging sectors in the S&P have been higher dividend-paying sectors like consumer staples. It's up around 4% in that time frame against the S&P 500's 9% gain. Telecom services also up around 4% as well. Meanwhile, real estate has actually lost 5% in that span, and the worst-performing sector has been the utes, utilities down around 7%. Now, all four of those sectors are currently the worst performing sectors so far this year as well. Meanwhile, over the last three months, the more cyclical and economically sensitive sectors like consumer discretionary, energy, and technology have posted double-digit percentage gains. So, Melissa, if interest rates keep rising, will traders keep selling off those interest rate stocks? Back over to you. All right. Thanks a lot, Dom Chu in the newsroom. Have a great long weekend. All right. Um, so is the safety trade really in danger? Well, Chartmaster Carter Worth is back over at the plasma to break it down for us. Say, hey, Carter. Well, there are different parts of the safety trade, of course. I mean, telco is not even a sector. It's two stocks, T and VZ. Utilities is a real sector. REITs, of course. What I want to focus on is two of the oldest indices uh, known to markets. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, 30 stocks, and the Dow Jones Utility Average, 15 stocks. And what you have here is a one-year chart, a comparative chart of those two instruments. And you can see the lines just as I can, and you can see how one is going this way and one is going that way. In fact, what I want to focus on is this spread between the industrials and the utilities. One-year chart, five-year chart. It's all about this divergence. 20-year chart. There we go again. It, this is becoming interesting for a mean reversion setup by my work. Let's look at some stats on this. Here's the here and now chart again, and I want to focus on the 40-day spread over the last two months of trading. And the numbers and stats are as follows. Going back to 1929, this has happened eight times. This is the eighth time. That's an incident rate. You can't even, you might as well call it zero. Yeah? It's so rare as to be, uh, well, exceptional. And what has happened when this has happened in the past? Now, what this is, is, is industrials versus utilities after, yes, after a 40-day spread of 20% or more. And what happens is the odds of industrials outperforming are low, 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 and industrials one week, two weeks, three weeks, meaning this is a trade for the weeks ahead, not years or anything like that. Industrials underperform, and the reciprocal of this chart is utilities outperform. Not only odds of it happening, but the actual Gains relative are what they are. Um, here's the decline. You can see in just quick order, you're talking about a plunge of 12.5%. Where is this move in the context of the long-term chart? Here's the long-term chart. Since the absolute low in 09, let's put in our line, and I'll be darned. It's sitting on the line. So you can make your bet that it's going to bounce. That's mine. Or you can make the opposite bet. I'm going to make the bet that it's going to bounce. I love it when he revealed it. It was almost as if he was surprised himself. Can I ask I'll a question, though, Mel? Oh, okay. 
Hey, Carter. It's not what we're going to yeah. do. But I think you're going to get sent back to the desk. Real quickly, yeah. though, when it broke the one-year trend line from the lows, it went much lower. Why can't it do the same thing on the 10-year? It can, but when you first approach a trend line, and that's, that's the point about it, you have a really good rebound potential, and you can see that here. So in the first instance, let's say it just hesitates and then ultimately breaks, and you're in the camp that rates are going to 6% and you don't want to be in utilities, I get all that. But on the first approach to that line, and especially given the stats I just showed, I want to make the bet that it has rebound potential. Or it said could. differently, everyone's out of this and into the Dow. It seems very uh, lopsided. What's the trade? Yeah, I mean, so I, the, the nice thing about utilities, very low volatility typically, but when they get into a trend, they can move a lot over a relatively short period, like we just saw here. You could buy the March 51 calls for just under a dollar when I was looking at that. 2% of the current price of XLU. You get until March expiration to make your bullish bet. This thing has dropped six and a half bucks in a comparable amount of time to the downside. So any kind of a bounce could be repaid pretty quickly. Could be the 4% dividend draws people in. Could be that rates basically stop rising right here. Could be a host of things, and, but it could easily move a And the other thing, to more. put that drop in perspective, a 12.5% drop over uh, a week or two for something that has a beta that's much lower than the market, it means it's a much bigger drop, right, associated with the type of asset that it is. So, again, if you're in the camp that rates are going much higher and it's all uh, game changer, you obviously don't want to be in utilities. But even if they're going lower, I would make the case that they're going lower through a higher price. They have rebound potential. You know, if you agree with the technicals, I mean, Mike's trade, the options set up perfectly for this because you really break even up at 52. And that's where it was trading, what, 10 days ago when it broke that last leg. So I like the trade. Options are really cheap. And you have two months for this thing to play out. So um, as far as I'm concerned, I agree. You're probably going to get a low from a higher level, though. There are two sides to this trade, potentially. Utilities for a bounce or industrials for a decline. And with valuations where they are in industrials, where do you see right, that? so in a in a pairs trade world, yeah. you'd want to put that on one an instant rate that's so rare as to be exceptional. Two, the stats on the other times that's happened suggest that there is con convergence. So you could take the other side and say you want to trim industrials. You could sell and you could sell call spreads in that ETF if you chose to to help finance this trade. Nice. All right, up next, J.P. Morgan surging after its earnings report, and that's bad news for one of our traders. We'll explain why right after this. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take a look back at some of our open trades. Now, last week, Cohen Carter said J.P. Morgan was headed for a breakdown. Yes, it's gone up of late, but it's not participating with the general market. And overall, it's made no real relative results in about two years. I don't want to be overweight banks here, and I don't think J.P. Morgan is any different than the group at large. I think the way to play this is I was looking out to March. You could buy the 105-100 put spread for about $1.15. Well, J.P. Morgan just reported better than expected earnings this morning, and the stock is up 4% since then. So, Carter, what do you say? It is up. That's, that's, that's right. I think we've got some time here, and we want to stay with us in the sense that the relative is still the problem. In fact, if you do it relative to its peer group, the BKX, this stock is straight down on the chart relative to its peers. That's a problem. You know, the put spread, the 105, 100 put spread, $5 spread, it's worth about 50 cents right now. So if it did hit, that would pay off be about 9 to 1. You wouldn't sell it. Uh, to initiate a trade here, so obviously you would stay with it. All right, let's move on here. About a month ago, Co and Carter said small caps were going to break out. We've got the breakout. We've got the check back. We've got the next breakout, and we've had this check back. It should be ideal right here, and we've right on trend. I think you can put your next green arrow in and make the bet that the IWM goes higher. I want to be long.
I was looking at to February, you could buy the 152, 162 call spread, spend $3.80. It was a good call. The IWM is up more than 4% since then. So, Mike, now what? Uh, now I think you can actually take some profits on that one and roll out and up. I would probably go out to March at this point. What's your take? So Jim? rolling out and up, meaning you're going to continue with this trend. And when you think about it, Carter was just talking about this melt up in industrials. When we think about the beneficiaries of um, obviously tax reform, um, you know, possibly infrastructure, that sort of thing, these domestic companies should benefit. So to me, why shouldn't you have a commensurate melt up in the IWM? This was an index that was down on the year in the summer. And it needs to, because here, too, while it is up absolute, it is massively underperforming the S&P, the large cap peer group. Yeah, I mean, the move is actually still not that significant that we've right. seen. Obviously, we were right, and we, and we had a relatively tight call spread. And so this is one of the reasons why we can take some of those profits, take the profits, push it out, and you're going to be playing with house money, as we like to say. All right. Up next, final call from the options pits. Welcome back to Options Action Time to take your tweets. Our first question is from John, who's wondering, when do you use a bullish call spread versus a bullish put spread, Professor Mike? Well, if you think the move is going to be big and you can buy a call spread for less than 30% of the distance between the strikes, go with a long call spread. If you think the move is going to be modest and you can collect at least 30% of the distance between the strikes, then you want to sell the put spread. Yeah, and that's also a function of how options are priced, right? So if you thought options are priced cheaply, you're going to want to buy that call spread. If you think you're expensive, you're going to want to sell that put spread. Second tweet is from Zach. Zach says, I bought Intel Feb 16, 43 calls for a buck 42. What do you think, Dan? Well, it's a tough one. We know that this was a pretty newsy couple weeks for Intel with uh, the meltdown in the Spectre situation. They're going to report on January 25th. The options market is prying about a 4% move. That's really what you're risking right here, but you have some time for this to play out. So if investors like what they have to say, you're probably going to have this stock back above 45, in my opinion, over the next month. So this trade works okay. I like defining your risk here because it is at a key technical support level. All right. Time for the final call. Last word from the options fits. Carter Braxton Worth. Final call, I want to be long utilities for a bounce and Facebook as well. My co. In utilities, buy those March 51 calls for a buck. Mr. Dan Nathan. Uh, yeah, IBM, I think if you want to make a bullish bet, I think you do want to define your risk. So in February, calls for Looks like our time has expired. I'm Melissa Lee. For more options action, check out the website. Meantime, have a great long weekend, everybody. Enjoy Monday. Mad Money's up next. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.